You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 103 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. A new year has arrived and this is the fourth year of this podcast series. And time moves quickly. I wonder how long I will keep doing these podcasts. It seems like the audience is growing steadily. But uh, who am I really serving? I'm not getting paid to do this podcast. It's more like costing me time and money. Uh, I don't really have an agenda. I'm not trying to sell an idea. No one can claim to have the answers anyway, so it's certainly not me. Even if it might have seemed I have the answers in certain episodes, but, you know, I'm just riffing, basically. So uh, so why am I doing this podcast? It's like a sort of spontaneous act that I began to do one day and it just snowballed out of control. Have I boxed myself in? Do I feel I need to keep doing this? I honestly don't know. I'm not really comfortable being the center of attention. Might sound weird for somebody who has a podcast, but that's the truth. My real personality is that of the hermit, the writer, the poet, working away in solitude. Um, As far as the podcast is concerned, it will be business as usual in this fourth year. And um, there's nothing really new for me to say in regards to any changes being made. As I have done in the past year, there will be an episode released every Sunday... And the last Sunday of every month, I will play a pre-recorded talk by some interesting individual. Uh, And all the other episodes will feature myself and or some guest of interest. There will be a few more episodes this year with only myself rambling away. But hopefully you'll find those enjoying as well. And as I've done since the beginning... Of time, I will uh, usually play some music at the end of each episode, and sometimes also in the middle. And this will be such an episode. I've named this episode Maya, but before I get into that, I want to say a few things about virtual reality, which is kind of Maya. I'll explain. These are amazing times. And I'm really excited about the true dawn of virtual reality, of VR, that is coming towards us as I speak these words. Uh, A lot of people are complaining, they're worried, they're afraid. But what is it really to, to fear? Everything is a tool, even our own minds. As of now, virtual reality is, in my opinion, the greatest tool conceived by mankind so far. It will change the world so much that we who live now will not be able to perceive this change any more than the greatest letter writer in the 19th century could perceive the email revolution. There is only one reality. The one you are having right now. There is no other. 
If there is some sort of distraction in your life, then that lies with you, not with the tool. It is easy to cast blame, but there is only one person to blame, and that is you. Or in my case, me. The way I think about interactions online, films, music, art, games, books, all those things, they're all over. It's finished. When you can stand right there with the rebellion, lightsaber in hand, John Williams' music booming from the sky, ready to charge... When you can build your own home without any limits. When you can travel to another galaxy with the person you love and spend an evening watching the Big Bang happen all around you. When you can do all these things and an infinity of other things that we cannot imagine right now, why the hell would you want to watch a movie or go to a boring-ass concert ever again? When you can be your most loved musical artist You can be that person on stage playing your most loved song live before millions of fans screaming. And even even if you love nature, if you want to experience the real reality of nature, I mean, you are going to be able to spend time in nature just as real as the nature we are in right now. Even more spectacular more amazing than whatever nature you can experience on this earth right now. But as I said before, a lot of people have fear for virtual reality. Like we are going to be hooked up forever, addicted to this fake reality. But aren't we already? Another aspect is that To stop being an alcoholic, you first have to admit you are addicted to alcohol. It's hard for a normal person to see their addiction to body or to reality. But with virtual reality, the chance of seeing this aspect is greatly increased, in my opinion. Virtual reality is liberation and possibly a path towards liberation. And even if it isn't, It will still be a reality. There is no escape. It's coming. What I love about virtual reality is that it will expose everyone to a new perspective of reality. Just for fun, imagine this uh, time schedule of the future, this uh, prophecy. Virtual reality this year is official. In 2025, virtual reality achieved a near-perfect quality, almost as real as reality. In 2033, virtual reality and reality are as real. You can't tell which is which. In 2056, people are spending almost their whole existence hooked up into virtual reality. In 2088, people spend birth to death in virtual reality and forget they are in virtual reality. In 2325, someone in virtual reality invents virtual reality and we are back right where we are right now. How do you know you are not already in virtual reality? You don't. What is virtual, really? If virtual reality feels real, it's real. So virtual reality 
is reality. The illusion is real. The delusion is to take it too seriously. Enjoy the game. I want to play a sample from the Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast where Duncan has an excellent little rant defending virtual reality technology. Go to duncantrussell.com if you want to check out that podcast. But the idea that technology is slowly destroying our souls, give me a fucking break, man. This is an ongoing theme in the evolution of human beings on this planet and as we become more adept not only at using tools but at designing uh, increasingly powerful tools there are always members of our species who sadly gaze upon whatever the newest or uh, highest uh, representation of technology in is in the in the material form with a kind of sad like the sad indian the single tear rolling down their cheek as they look upon the earth and then point in the direction of virtual reality goggles or point in the direction of a hardcore gaming pc with liquid cooling fluid that is running through tubes that make it look like blood they point in the direction of those things and then they point to the earth and they say the earth is better the fragrance of this sweet mother earth. <laughs> How long has it been since you brought soil to your nose and inhaled that earthly perfume? <laughs> go outside. Will you not go outside and place your hands into that sweet, soft soil? How long has it been since you appreciated a flower with you staring into that virtual reality, frying your brain with the computer screen too close to your eyeballs. You don't even know what that can be doing to you. You gotta go outside and watch a butterfly's lazy ascent as it rises up on some invisible updraft, its sweet and precious wings being inundated by blast upon blast of angel-containing photons raining down upon it from that star we call the sun. (laughs) Anytime you put those VR goggles on your eyes, a baby rabbit dies, a baby rabbit dies. Junk heaps in China Filled with computer parts Have you no heart? Have you no heart? DM me, I'll teach you The secrets of nature My Twitter handle is At ParkRanger16 The point is Enjoying technology and enjoying nature Or the organic external world Do not have to be mutually exclusive activities And I've found that virtual reality is actually enhancing and amplifying my appreciation of just how beautiful and complex and infinitely enjoyable the external organic world really is. So yes, this episode is called Maya. 
As I said, I wanted to play some music in the middle of this episode, and then I want to continue with a very personal little story about death and birth that I hope you stick around for. The song I'm about to play is called Maya from the Nameless Archive album Maya Tastic. Go to namelessarchive.com if you want to hear more. According to tradition, Queen Maya of Sakya was also the name of the mother of Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha. In Hebrew, the name Maya is a short form of Mayan, 
meaning spring or brook. In Old Persian, the name means generous. Maya can also be a name used as a tribute to the Maya peoples of southern Mexico and northern Central America. Or to the Maya, a group of indigenous Australians. Mount Maya is a Japanese mountain named for the mother of Buddha. Maya or Mia is also a name used by Muslims. In an Arabian and Indian Pakistani context, the meaning of the name Maya is princess or honorable matriarch. In the Nepali language, Maya means love. In Hindu philosophy, Maya means illusion, which is what I think this reality we find ourselves is, and why it is somewhat related to my earlier rant on virtual reality. As fate would have it, uh, Maya is also the name of the baby I was meant to have two years ago, but it died in the stomach not long before it was meant to arrive, only like three, four weeks. This wasn't some miscarriage. This was a fully functioning baby that died in the womb. And the mother of my child had to give birth to this corpse, which was a very painful ordeal all on its own. Not just the emotional pain, but the physical pain of course, as well, and not receiving a living baby, but having to give birth to a dead corpse. I think it was Terence McKenna who said something along the lines of, no one goes through life without tragedy. And this was my first tragedy, my first encounter with real sorrow and pain. All previous experiences I've had with sorrow and pain paled in comparison. It was a huge step for me to even want to make a child, but when I made the choice to do it emotionally, I went all in. I would open my heart and give all the love I could muster to this child, everything my own father failed to give me. I would not be like him. He was the source of my anger and hate, which the ayahuasca eventually exercised out of me. It was a beautiful child as well. Even as a corpse, I could see how cute it was. It looked like a little Eskimo sleeping dead in its icebox. But it was not meant to be. And I knew that the sorrow and pain I felt was only due to egoism. The fact that I did not get what I wanted. The child, little Maya, did not suffer anything. So the pain I felt was all on me and I knew that this experience was an initiation. My very first reaction was anger, trying to find someone to blame, but this quickly went away. But it is an understandable reaction. When something horrible happens you want to blame somebody, but really you can't. The only blame I can place on anyone is myself. My final position was to call on the spirit warrior inside. The warrior I have seen deep in trance in the rainforests of Peru. This warrior could feel love, it could feel sorrow, but it would not take advice from hate or anger. It would not feed those emotions. Sorrow and pain is also in the same emotional theater as love. 
My father died not long after my own baby died. And I felt nothing. This was because he was nothing to me. I didn't even know him. There was no love. Nor was there any hate. It was just an event. I was informed of my father's death. And that was that. But when little Maya died. Because I loved her. Even before she had taken her first breath. A breath she would never take. The loss of her before I could even see her eyes twinkle with life was almost unbearable. When the doctor told me the baby had died in the womb, my legs actually lost its muscles and I almost fell to the ground. The pain utterly drained my whole being from energy. Before I had this experience, I always felt compassion and sympathy when I saw parents lose their children in the news or in movies. But after this experience, seeing such things almost breaks my heart. I guess it's the same with all things. When you've had the experience yourself, you can more easily relate. Direct experience is king. Everything else is static noise. And it's not the same as losing a friend or even losing a parent. Yes, those things are painful. But losing your child is of a different degree, I think. There is something built into our being, into our DNA, that that we have to protect and take care of our child. So when the child suffers or dies, it becomes so much worse because of this invisible responsibility that all parents have. A child is also the product of love. So when a child dies, it's almost like But love planted died. A love for your child is the perfect love. There are no conditions. It's unconditional. It is a pure dedication. That will last as long as you live. And beyond. A perfect world would be if everyone felt the same unconditional love for everyone else as they do for their own child. In such a world, there would be no war, deceit or suffering. How could you hurt a stranger if you felt the same love for that stranger as you do to your own child? But it's difficult to reach such a state of compassion. That is why throughout history there are so few Jesus and Buddhas and the like. It is so hard to spread the light in such a way. But it is the only true way, in my opinion. It is the only true way. What really freaked me out was when someone told me that I would always be a father. But I did not see myself as a father. My baby had died. I had no children. But yet some people claimed that I I was a father even if my child was dead. But what really brought in the nail into this coffin was this concept, that indeed I was a father, and the problem was my child was dead. And I would always be a father, although a father to a dead child. I wanted to talk about this on the podcast earlier, because this is almost two years after 
the event. But as you can understand, I first needed to process what had happened. And then quite quickly, another child was created. The mother of my dead child was pregnant again, and I suffered for nine months. Every day I suffered, waiting for the report that something was wrong, that this one would also die. The second pregnancy was a horrible, slow waiting period, which the first one never was. I had not considered anything to possibly go wrong. The second time I expected everything to go wrong. Then on the full moon in April of last year, my second daughter was born. And I named her Maya, after her dead old sister. Every day I call her name, in a sense I call both of their names. I remember parents saying to me long before I had a child how special it is. And now I know what they mean. Only if you've had the direct experience of having a child can you understand the emotional implications and the level of love that you can experience. And only in losing a child can you experience the level of sorrow that is possible in this physical existence. And I am grateful for every moment I am alive and every moment my Maya is alive. And of course... Every moment the mother of my child is alive. I am grateful for her and her painful experience is probably even worse than mine. It will probably pale when compared because she had to carry the the child that died for eight months and she had to feel it die inside her and then she had to give birth to a corpse. I can only imagine what it feels like to give birth to a dead baby. But I cannot speak for her. I only have spoken of my own perspective. I'm very happy I had my plant allies in this. Their guidance really helped me. Had I had these experiences 10 years ago, it would have been much worse. Now I could instead experience the experience rather than being thrown around inside it. I could look at it, contemplate it, understand it, even be grateful for it. Every human being should at least emotionally understand what it feels like to lose a child. With the right attitude, such an experience can only improve the heart of the person going through the suffering. But I don't wish it on anyone. If love can come out of pain, then every other problem is irrelevant. Nothing can make you stronger or wiser. At least that is how it was for me. And like I said, we named her Maya after her dead older sister. And she is the light. Her smile and her joy and her happiness is the greatest thing in my world right now I want to close this episode with the track Little Maya Beats from the very recent album Maps by Nameless Archive go to namelessarchive.com if you want to hear more next Sunday I'm joined by a guy who works with something called Siluaska stay tuned 
Freedom is in the mind.